Justice. You are now listening to the sound of Sports Reports is Ordered. And do me a favor out there, y'all. It's all free. Like, subscribe, share, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. All of the notification above. bell on YouTube. Yes, sir. Share with your grandma. We go live a couple of times a week. We appreciate anybody who tunes in, anybody who gives any comments, good, bad, or indifferent. It's all good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I got with me the one and only, the even kill, B.A. Born, jerseys in the building. Don't bring feelings to a fact fight. Not at all. This Air Force veteran, known to America as Mr. Logic. And then I am your resident statistician. <laughs> Holding it down all the way from b more to the Alamo. I go by the name of 2-5. We gonna get this thing started because tonight we gonna talk a little bit of NFL draft. We gonna talk a little bit of NBA whatever that was this weekend. Exactly. We gonna talk about another NBA coach in the unemployment line. Wow. But let's get this thing started with a little thing that we like to call Get It Off My Chest. So. Floor is yours. <laughs> quick and to the point. Quick and to the point. I hate. Absolutely. Oh, you like my picture? My daughter made that. You know what I'm saying? Like, on the back <laughs> of my notes. The artist. Yeah, on the back of my notes. But uh, I hate when champions act like peasants there's this guy out here you might have heard me talk about him once or twice by the name of glenn doc rivers won this championship 16 years ago but you would think it was yesterday so he's been through around the league a couple of more stops up until now he started this season in the booth on espn he was doing some analyst work with the Milwaukee Bucks. Started off 30 and 13. Gave Coach Adrian Griffin his walking papers on January 24th. So, as a champion, I expect Coach Rivers to say, you know what, Milwaukee is a championship team, and I'm going to do my best to get that out of them. We have two great players on our team, Damian and Giannis. There's no reason why we should be where we are right now. That's what I expect a champion to say. This is what he said. Well, this is kind of brutal to take over in the middle of a five-game road trip. <laughs> You're but, taking over for the rest of the season. It's irrelevant yeah, how many like, games on this road trip. But then to top it off, to make it even worse, he said, I asked him, like, can't we wait till after All-Star to do this? Okay, yeah, that's the answer. So they played Denver, Portland, Dallas, Utah, and Minnesota in that five-game road trip. They went one and four. I'm not even tripping off of that. New system, trying to get everybody in place. It happens. But now they're three and seven since he's been there. But then he said this, quote, the Utah game. You kind of knew. You know the altitude back-to-back. 
I mean, whoever scheduled a Dallas Utah has never been on an airplane in their life, or they know nothing about time zones. End quote. That is not the talk of a champion. That is the talk of a new head coach that's been a career assistant living the easy life under somebody like Phil Jackson or something. This is not the stuff of champions. And speaking of champions, why would it be the stuff of champions when you got Coach Killer Giannis in your locker room? Three coaches in the last seven or eight months. What are we doing, Milwaukee? So as we transition in a minute to talk about the All-Star game, we're going to talk about a lack of competitiveness. So Milwaukee, Doc Rivers, it's simple. Isn't it all about follow the leader? Maybe not. Well said. You really had to get that off your chest, though. You said that with a lot of chest. There's a lot of sternum in that. I respect it. Uh, slight transition. Mine is the you know, all-star game later, and obviously we're going to roll into the entire weekend, kind of break down synopsis, good, bad, and, you know, everything else. But I want to talk about this Jalen Brown and the dunk contest and why it didn't make any sense when I first heard it. And then it played out to where it didn't make any sense. And that's the part that, like, I get that. I mean, we, we all make decisions, whether it's corporate, personal, young, when you're older, whatever the case may be, you make decisions. But as long as you get back to the drawing board and they can, you know, figure it out, hopefully that's the case. And we'll talk about that more going forward. But having dudes in the dunk contest that are like 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", but they don't have crazy verticals will never give you a good show. They've been saying it for years. The reason that McGlung looks so good in the dunk contest is because everything he does looks explosive. Dwight Howard was so tall, but whatever he did was so theatrical. Like you need something. You can't just come out there with a glove and just dunk it left-handed. Or you jumped over Kai Sinat. <laughs> Kai Sinat's 5'3". I mean, we'll, okay, we'll give him five. Well, he's no taller than Kevin Hart. No, really. I'm giving him 5'3". And he was sitting in a chair. So, like, it made it even worse. And you had your boy come out in the $5,000 trench coat, and then he throws you a bad, like, alley. And then you jump from mad close, and you, it just was like the whole thing just was butt. And then the points he was getting was even worse. And it, like, it turned the audience off. The audience makes the dunk contest. The players did not react to Jalen Brown's dunks at all. He was doing in-game dunks. Like even in, and you know the young man he wore his jersey had passed away. It's like I understand that you want to pay homage, but just pay homage. Don't associate with a dunk because when you pay homage to someone, it's supposed to, like if somebody would have paid homage to Kobe and did like a regular dunk, you'd be like yo, you could have just said that in an interview. I mean, you could have just like spoke about how important Kobe was to you when they put a mic in your face, but to, to come out, like if you put out, Vin, if you put Vince Carter's Jersey on, you got to do a Vince Carter dunk and you got to do it justice. Yes. You probably won't be able to do it like Vince, but you got to do it justice. Jalen Brown didn't do the dunk contest justice. It's like, he didn't practice. It's like all he came up with was the glove. Everything else was in game. It was like, he did like a three sixty half windmill then they gave him a 48 for it it just was like the whole thing was but it was trash it didn't look good he he then he covered his eyes mad late and it's like you got if you're gonna do the d brown 
and you did the and you did it in like like a weird sequence. You you had a short dude come out sit in the chair, and I thought it was dope that he had it on live. But I was with my I was with my son and his friends, and they went to Kaisenet's like Instagram, and it wasn't live. Like he wasn't live streaming on Instagram when Jalen Brown did the dunk. So even that didn't have like the magnitude. It was like he just was recording it, or he was on like a Facetime call or something like that. But it wasn't on his Instagram live. It just it just was a it was a bad look. It was under executed and then to couple that with the fact that mcglung let's go get into it he did a dunk that no one ever seen before and he got a 46 from one of the old heads it's like what are we doing here what's the criteria even toppin's dunk was like a between the legs 360 with two hands it just didn't look the part because he's six seven six eight Technically, it looked good, but it looked like it didn't look fluid because he's such a big dude. Mm-hmm. If someone like, give me another, like a jumper, like Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a big jumper. Like he, you know, two feet jump, big vertical. Like he did something like that. It would be like a floating part to it, where his top end looked like he was coming down and reaching for the rim. Jalen Brown just was doing in-game dunks with a Celtics jersey on like it might have been like pre-game warm-up. So like I think the whole thing like I think I think the scoring was whack. I think it set it set a whatever good energy you had thinking about the all-star game weekend prior to his be, him being in the finals, it set the tone for the rest of the weekend, even though we only had one major event left. That like kind of consumed this narrative that the whole thing is useless because it looked like he did not put anything special into his dunks. Mm-hmm. And then it transitioned right into the game that we're going to talk about where it didn't look special either. So, yeah. Yeah, it was whack. His scoring was whack. I mean, he's a smart dude. I, like I said, works for NASA, probably one of the most brilliant minds on Earth. But he didn't mm-hmm. put any any mind power into his dunking. And come on, Jacob. You went to Kentucky. You can't be missing these dunks out here, man. I mean, they didn't know what to do. It was no flow to the scoring. Right. So, of course, you know, as Mr. Logical said, we transitioned to last night, but still overall weekend. weekend, You know, obviously last night was the event. So I, I watched some of this game, not a lot of it. And everything I saw was a culmination of this NBA season. Carl Anthony Towns with 50 points lost by 25. That's what Draymond said. <laughs> the Draymond West, said look like a temple. He's like, here we go. Cat got 40 is still down 20. The West with 97 three-point attempts. 97 three-point attempts. The whole game, 168 total three-point attempts. What we doing, Mr. Logical? What we doing? Yo, realistically, and I'll, I'll, like I said, I do a lot of youth sports, and I, like I said, I remember I tell a parent, like, listen, if you want your kid to play football, like that was the main sport, football and lacrosse, the two contact sports that, like, I talked to a lot of parents. I was like, listen, as long as your kid is matching the intensity of the environment that they're in, they're more likely going to be fine. Yes, you might get banged up. But you won't get a catastrophic injury because you're 
you're you're engaged mentally and physically in the action. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a young we had a young man who was just kind of standing out there like they you know you got to give everyone playing time. He just was standing in the action, like standing straight up, and a kid got blocked into his leg. He had to get life flighted off the field, and it's it's very sad. But it's like if you're in that moment, you see it coming. Maybe you get you avoid that. But if you're not if you're not engaged in it physically and mentally, that's when you get hurt. So all these guys saying, oh, they don't play hard in the all-star games. So they don't want to get hurt. I'm like, you're more likely to get hurt bullshitting, trying to do a 360. Like Luca, like Luca, he had like a you know nice little dunk, but he's not a big dunker. LeBron, right. he tried like that that one dunk that he had is his signature, like let me stick it out to the side dunk it, but he jumped from a little too far out. So when he landed, he landed a little gingerly. He he landed like a like you're trying too much because it's an all-star game. Where in a regular game, he probably would have taken another step to ensure he got a good dunk. But because it's the all-star game, there's no one in the lane. I'm just gonna do whatever. Uh just kind of you get so you got 10 guys on the court, you get Dane Lillard. Just shooting a half court shot, yeah, maybe it goes and maybe it doesn't. But you got Carl Anthony Towns really trying to crash the board, and Giannis is kind of standing there, and then he runs through Giannis or something like that. You know, like this that kind of thing. Or someone, you know, they're shooting all these threes. You get a guy that really wants to get a good putback dunk, right? And then you have Luca just kind of standing there, and you know, Dane goes up to get the putback dunk or whatever, and he. He gets he bumps into Luca because Luca's not really trying to box out. He's just kind of standing there, and he gets injured that way. Like that's more likely to happen versus, like, look at these guys during their summer runs when they go to like Lifetime. Yeah, I was going to bring York that City, up. Yeah. Or when they go to like do the Drew League stuff. Yeah, Check got hurt, but Check got hurt just you know it, it was, was because of the court. Is the court and, and his feet? Like he's a, a seven footer. Like those guys tend to get feet, you know foot injuries. Right, but. You know, for the most part, DeMar DeRozan plays in the Drew League every year. Andrew Drummond plays in it. James Harden played in it. Kobe played in it. All those guys played in lockout. They, played, they hard. played hard. Yeah, pause. Um, <laughs> jinx. So, and, and so with the NBA All-Star game, with it being on that that big of a stage, right. knowing that the conversation, especially since last year, because last year was one of the worst ones. Like, I was, drink, I was drinking a beer watching the game, and I was falling asleep. Granted, I went snowboard early that day because I was out in Utah. But I remember sitting there thinking, like, I was talking, I was at, at Jeff's house, you know, my my friends out in Utah, and I was like, I'm glad I didn't try to but go to this. I'm tired as hell right now to watch this boring ass game. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you think that the venue or the city plays a part in this? Because you know, last year they were in Utah. This year they were in Indianapolis. Salt Lake, I think Salt Lake probably wasn't as accommodating in the nightclub party scene but i can imagine like if any if anybody ever goes to utah the when you go to salt lake and then you go east into the mountains a lot of big houses so i imagine that nba players the club rules are different like the bars and clubs are not really big they're not really designed for like these kind of big parties I think guys probably did like a lot of big house parties. I could see like big Airbnbs or just like millionaires kind of loaning their houses, you know, just different business connections. So I think guys were probably, they probably did a lot of that because like I said, I was downtown right. Saturday night and it was like, there was no traffic. It wasn't like a lot of people trying to get to a certain block. Like literally my boy, we drove around, we came right downtown 
It was like a couple of barricades. We run around, we spun the block, we drove past the stadium. It was like no, it was no urgency to like direct traffic because it was like almost none. Right. And it was it was cold because it's February, but it wasn't. I was wearing a Nike hoodie and a Kyrie jersey over it. Like I wasn't bundled up, so it wasn't even that cold. But it just was nothing going on downtown. Whereas Indianapolis, maybe it was kind of the same vibe. But I think well, I think more had a little bit were, more. I think more people were excited to see what was going to happen with Shannon Sharp and Mike Epps. I didn't even pay attention to that. I just saw the picture. <laughs> they squashed whatever potted meat beef they had. Well, <laughs> I know. And then, and then apparently now, you know, Mace is the one in the chamber. You know what I'm saying? Like now he's getting that Mace. But um, all right, you black men got to stop beefing all the time over nothing. <laughs> Especially old ass dudes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like y'all too fucking old. Listen, I be a role model, bro. Right. If I throw seven punches right now, I'm gonna be winded. So if I don't connect with four or five of them, you gonna beat me. <laughs> I don't know why these dudes out here acting like you know your knees give out when you walk. They all do because I figure Shannon just gotta grab you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he got arthritis. Either but, uh, shoulders or knees. One of them got arthritis for sure. All the muscles can't stop arthritis. So, so I heard an idea today, and I know you ain't going to like it, so I'm, I'm just going to say it anyway. It. I think I heard every idea I heard is terrible. But keep going. Yeah. So uh, winner of the All-Star game gets uh, – the conference gets home court in the finals? The MLB did that for a while. Yeah. We didn't really pay attention to it because home field advantage in baseball is not really the same. Right. Because you can you can suppress – the other team's home field advantage with the fact that you just bring out your best two arms. Right. So games one and game two, it's like their best two arms versus your best two arms. You know, it is, and everyone plays very conservative in, in postseason baseball anyway. I'm not sure exactly when they stopped that. I know we talked about that lead last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, I don't like that uh, because it just kind of, once again, it takes away from the regular season. I'm, I don't want things to take away from the regular season. I think <laughs> it's an idea. The, the playing the playing is a business decision. We can go back and forth with that all day because, like I said, it's going to be teams that are completely out of it in two weeks. Teams so, 11 through 15 are going to be completely out of it so if what we go the, by the old system. So what are the ideas? What ideas do you have about All-Star Weekend? I got quite a few, but I'm going to let you heard- cook real quick. Uh, an idea that I heard, one thing was like, uh, I, was, I think I was watching Rich Eisen, maybe it's a different show, but I know I was watching this show, but I heard it on the podcast. So I don't want to take credit for it. But essentially, they were like, Wednesday night is when stuff starts. So guys either get into the town. So Wednesday night, Thursday, they're doing their volunteer stuff. They're doing their social stuff. They're doing whatever brand deals they have. You know, whatever shoes, they're doing that booth, they're doing this podcast, they're doing that interview. They're at the three-point shootout, they're at the dunk contest, they're at the celebrity game, they're at the the venue, just kind of, these guys are just out all weekend long. So by the time the game comes around, 7 o'clock Sunday night, they're like, all right, I'm ready to wrap this up. i literally been doing go, 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 go. Coupled with the partying and hanging out and everything else, but like your mandatory business arrangements or business meetings and, and undertakings you have to take on as well as your social agenda. Mm-hmm. He said, by the time the game comes around seven, eight o'clock, dudes are just ready to get out of town. 
Um, they said the TV networks want to make it go early, which I can respect. I get that. Right. Uh, I, I heard an idea saying go two on two, but guys don't want to do that because you don't want to be out there in the island. Steph versus Luca. Luca doesn't want to be out there trying to play two on two on that stage because, like, that's come on, like. Yeah, I heard three on three, like hoop it up style. Back three on three, I think three on three might be a little, might be a little bit more intense. But I still don't want it. I don't want. I want you to play like legit five on five. I want you to play like just play five on five because you can play, you can play, stay in front of the guy until he gets to the rim. So, because that's what they do, and like in those those pickups, those runs. Like those guys are working on their moves. They're working on their craft. Like Devin Booker famously was like, "Yo, we're not double teaming in an open gym." But at the rim, guys calm down. Like guys aren't right. trying to get backside blocks. They're not trying to, you know. They're just like, "Listen, I'm working on my defense. I'm gonna work on studying your moves. You do your thing, and if you get to the rim, you get this layup off. You get the layup off." But like, I think at the rim, guys in the con, like, you know what? Let me chill because this open run is an exhibition. Right. They can bring that same energy to the All-Star game. One thing that I was thinking about was taking a little bit from the Rising Stars game. Um, you know, 15 All-Stars, you know, three five-man teams per conference, tournament style. You know, something like that, you know, versus the one big game with everyone together if they're not going to play anyway. How like, much time do you need for that? You need as much you time. Still as do, you still want to do it on Sunday. Well, well, you can still – I mean, it doesn't have to be first to 100 or, you know what I mean, anything like that. You know, it could be first to 25. So you would need – so you saying – you're saying six total teams. Yeah. Tournament style. Yep, the starters get a bye. So starters in each conference, east and west, get a bye. Two teams play each other. Winner plays the two teams. And then you have a championship game. I like that, you know, because you came, I, you came up, I, yo. That's I. I like that because that's like those like those memes we post, like what team versus what team will win, like what five versus what five. Right. I like that. I like yeah. that. I mean, obviously, uh, the trick is going to be how do you pick the five because it's not all like back in the day where it was like center, power forward. So on and so forth. So you that go, might get a little you tricky. go by you go by vote getters and more likely is at a balance out by position. Most of these guys are hybrids anyway. I mean, yeah, Paul, we're positioned like for the most part anyway. Yeah, you yeah. can if you had Paul George, Luca, and and give me another Western like Devin Booker on one team. It wasn't like, oh, Devin Booker's gotta be the point guard. Right. But if you had like hypothetically Aiton, DeAndre Jordan, Jokic. Like okay, yeah, you might want to break that up to get some <laughs> some smaller yeah. players in. But for the most part, I think the top if you go top five vote getters are starters. So yeah. And then the next 10 reserves, break it up into two. Yeah. So two another thought that, that I had. Another that's, thought that's, that I that's had. That's a live thought. If anybody takes that, you definitely go cut that and yeah, post that's that on social media. Tonight. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first one I heard but, like that. Like but that. but but another thought that I had um that I haven't heard anywhere yet. Hopefully, I haven't heard it. I don't think I've heard it anywhere, but why? it probably wouldn't work because the players would never sign off on it. But make the dunk contest fan vote. You know, versus a dude being like, I'm going to enter in the dunk contest or 
you know, having LeBron. Oh, you're talking about voting in the guys that we want to be in the dunk contest. Yeah. We as fans. Yes. Because it doesn't even have to be an all-star. So it's not like you're pulling. I mean, Matt McGlung, Mac McGlung has played four NBA games as two dunk contest trophies. Yeah, he's going to get four games. in. And most years, like this year, because he was injured, but most years, you probably get John Moran in there, potentially. You, you, you know, I saw uh, something that said LeBron ruined the dunk contest. Yeah, that was Stephen A. I'm not paying. I don't. I don't yeah, I, I didn't. I don't really watch too many. Of I mean, I don't like the very particular man. I don't like the fact that he didn't do it. Yeah, I don't like the fact because I think it would have looked dope because he I, is, he is that the anomaly. He is the six eight above the rim guy, the right. way Aaron Gordon was. Like, right, everyone was shocked by Aaron Gordon. But, but I think we're also running out of dunks too. You know what I mean? Like, because because I mean the dunks that like like the dunks that like somebody like LeBron would do in a slam dunk contest is probably like what Jordan and them were doing in the slam dunk contest. Like, it's not going to be anything. Well, Kobe Kobe did the East Bay in the 90s. But he did that the, the year like, after Harold Minor did the same thing. But that's what I'm saying. And like I said, I got the dunk contest on right now. Derek Jones just did it over two of his friends. Yeah, he was one of the, the dudes same. I was going to mention. He was one of the dudes it's, I was going to mention. It's the same dunk, but it's some variation to it. This is right. an idea that I had. I think I might have said it on the show before in a conversation with you. Get one of these professional dunkers, these YouTube dunkers. Yeah. Yep. Pair them with a real NBA dunker. Not like you know, no disrespect to Jalen Brown, but he's not a real dunker. Right. Like one right. of these Gerald Green. I mean, the end game dunk Gerald Green had against Houston when he played for the Nets, and the dudes from Houston had to hold themselves down before they jumped off the bench. Right. And he caught the alley oop and he windmilled it. Get me those guys. Pair them right. with the YouTube dunkers right. and then pair them up and then come up with a scoring system where they can just they can go at it. So you they pair up, you get you know eight total guys because those YouTube guys are doing crazy dunks. Right. Yeah, and then so you make you get them together for like a month and I like a month before the dunk contest, let them work at it, let them get them access to the facility, like make it make it to where it's like, listen, we want this to be a show, so we're going to do this. Yeah, so I had some names that I was thinking about. Like, so I came up with like Ja Morant, Derek Jones, uh, Kaminga, Obi Toppin, Anthony Edwards, and Shaden Sharp. Like, that would be like my initial fan vote, you know, for the for the dunk contest. Because I think at this point, the fans want to see dunks. They want to see a great dunk contest. Like the dunk contest was the most popular event at one point in time. Yeah, and they still got it clean. They still got it bad and clean up. Yeah, and it's still yeah, Yeah, so uh, or you know, if you wanted to do some promotion, if you wanted to do some promotion, you could bring G League players out there. You know, you already got McClung out there. Yeah, but I don't. But I don't know if the G League. I don't know if the G League has their own dunk contest. See, that's the thing. What you need, and what Reggie Miller was spitting the other night, he was like, "You need named." players in the dunk contest he's like the yeah. three-point contest is full of all-stars he's like anthony edwards he's just like anthony edwards is here an all-star and not in dunk contest right he should be like he should be it shouldn't i wouldn't make it mandatory but the expectation that you are you love your in-game dunking on people highlights you should come out here and do the dunk contest but like i said it's another one of those it's the end of the night 
guy's been there four or five days already. Right. And it's like, what's the incentive? I don't know if it needs to be monetary. Yeah, keep in mind, like I'm tired of money. Years, no who, money. Who? No money. Because you are you already giving them five hundred thousand, the winning team five hundred thousand for the end season tournament. You know, um, I think it was SGA uh, either last year or the year before. He was talking about like, pay me to play the All Star game. <laughs> like, dude, this is your first All Star game. Chill out. Yeah, uh, the skills <laughs> challenge the 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 hole was way too big I'm for the ball. Done with it. No skill challenge for me. Yes, it just was. It was just. You, and you then know what I was out there shooting left handed. That was weird. You like you know what I was thinking about earlier? I was thinking about those old school Michael Jordan and Larry Bird commercials. You know, like out the window, around the corner, through the window, off the ceiling, nothing but net. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not make some kind of crazy, fancy, like horse type game? Well, the problem is you can only get a couple of guys out there once, and then if the shots don't go in, it's like. I mean, I'd I rather think, watch I that than do this dunks. <laughs> I don't think that's sustainable entertainment. Like I said, I'd rather you attempt a crazy dunk. My problem is I need you to look like like Hakez from Miami. Like you're, you're not a high flyer. Like, okay, look at this Aaron Gordon dunk when he, he jumped over Taco Fall, even though they, they – he's a high flyer. Right. Derek Jones is a high flyer. Zach Levine, they're high flyers. So, like, they're dunks. So when they do when they're doing these rotations, it's their rotation like they're going up in a corkscrew. These other guys, this you got it. You have to get guys. You already measured them at the combine. Who has forty four inch vertical? Do, do get you that think- guy. Let that guy know in training camp. Hey, you are going to be one of our sixteen guys, or every team, every every high flyer on every team. One or two of them. Let the team know, like, hey. Your guys, one of these two guys is going to be a candidate that we select down to our, like you said, like the fan vote. So get your high flyers, submit them to the league, and then really put effort into it. Because it's, yeah, like, I mean, uh, it's supposed to be for the fans. So, you know, and that's why I think, like, I'm not saying give the fans full control because that's going to get out of control too. But but just something. But do you think, it's, do you think as far as the actual All-Star game itself, do you think we're past the point of – leadership and culture like like say for instance like you know you got east and west you know you got Giannis in one locker room you got lebron in one locker room the the headsman if you will so to speak they walk in and they like yo i want to win this game tonight or we need to win this game tonight you think we passed that like you think that would resonate people would be like yo lebron said or do you think people would be like man get your old ass out of here it it would and it it would matter next year if they took it serious this year. Like the east of east versus west, it would it would have been it would have gotten back to that like part where we do this every year, where we're uh-huh. going for it every year. And because it was so lax days ago this year, and we're trying to we're already trying to figure out new ways to make it better. It just doesn't work like the the first year like you know like they talk about like the final f- four or five minutes of every fourth quarter it gets competitive and people love it we talk about Irish, i think he dropped like 17 points in like three minutes to bring the east back one year and then kobe the year that kobe and and you know 
daughter and their teammates tragically passed. Guys wanted it that year, and they, they played pretty tough. I mean, they even had, like, Kyle Lowry intentionally foul AD, you know, but that was for Kobe, like that. Right, that. right. But since, like I said, the since the narrative surrounding these players as individuals, I think it's bigger than whatever their team alliances. Because mm-hmm. we talk about people, like, people aren't Lakers fans. They're LeBron fans. People aren't Bucks fans. They're Dane fans. Right. You know, so doing it for team isn't the same thing. You got a few Celtics guys out there, like they, but their Celtic stars are homegrown guys. But a lot of these other teams, you know, you got Dallas fans or Luca guys. But if Luca ends up in Denver somehow, those Luca fans from wherever are going to be, you know, yeah, in Denver fans, watching yeah. games. Yeah, they're going to be Nugget fans. So I think the fact that teams and players and ownership and GMs and everyone's kind of moving these pieces all the time. Like you talked about Doc Rivers taking over a team that was for, for a guy that got fired when they were 30 and 13. You know, it was like, as a coach, I'm looking around like, yo, I'm 30 and 13. No matter what the fucking personality problems are, if the personality problems are this and we're 17 games above 500, let me iron out the personality problems and see what we can get to. Especially a first-time, first-year head coach. I'm 43 games in, and I'm, thir- I'm 17 games above 500, and it's like because a couple of people don't like me, you know, because I'm these guys can opt out and move. You know, <laughs> like like Charles Buckley said, I'm not a role model. Yeah. But, you know, I, th- I would want it to work out, but I'm not sure that the allegiance to a team really exists in sports we we talk about it with college sports and guys moving around and coaches moving around and players moving around at the same at the profile level like the high profile uh-huh. players moving at the same you know clip as high profile coaches same thing in the nba like there's no reason realistically for us to think at the beginning of last year at some point devin booker and kd and chris paul are gonna be on the same team right you know what I mean? Or like Bradley Bill, Booker, and Katie on the team this year. Like, there was no reason to really think that, but it happens. Dame and Giannis on the same team. Right. Like, but that was that was a GM made. It wasn't like a guy opted out of his deal. Like a GM made that move. James Harden, right. Russ, Kawhi, and Paul George on the same team. So it's like the 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 I think the player movement and the the way the players individually think of themselves and how they individually think of their legacy. I don't know if the all-star game resonates with them the way it should be. That makes sense. But while we're in the NBA, we might as well stick around the association and talk about Brooklyn firing head coach Jock Vaughn. You know, 71 and 68 in three seasons as Brooklyn's head coach. And before I give it to you, so to speak, pause and all that, um, (laughs) I just got to say, Brooklyn, you ain't shit. Like, no, Jock Vaughn didn't go get Ben Simmons. You know, who's on, what, a five-year, $177 million contract, and he's played, what, 12 games this year, if that. You know, so that wasn't I'll him. I'll look up the exact number. That, that wasn't him. You know, uh, no, I got it right here, actually. Yeah, it is 12 this year. He played 42 last year. He's averaging 6.8 points. And a little over eight rebounds this season in those games. 
Um, you had Dinwiddie, who, you know, they just traded, who was shooting 39% on the season, not from three. 39%. 32 from three. You got here's one for you because you like to talk about how the players today are bigger than the old school players and everything. Correct. They got they got Nick Claxton out here at center at six foot eleven, playing 10 pounds less than Scottie Pippen. And that's your center trying to stop Joel Embiid. That has nothing to do with Jock Vaughn. Now, there were some complaints about the offense that they were running. Uh, Dinwiddie was very public about it, but Mikhail Bridges apparently was talking a whole lot of noise behind closed doors where I, you know, he's like a kawaii to me. Like I didn't even think he talked, you know? So, so I guess if he's complaining about you, maybe there's something there just because he doesn't talk a lot to begin with, but I'm not happy with Brooklyn. I don't think they should have did this. I mean, at least not right now. They're still paying Steve Nash too. Yeah, that's the thing with like New York teams is that the the location amps the value, like the dollar value. So it makes you do and think things differently. I can it to this. Sometimes you just get kind of put in a position through just happenstance and you don't really know how to handle it. I give you an example. I'm good friends with my boy Dre. We've been friends since FTAC. First term Airman Center, Germany, 2001. So me and him, cool. We've been cool over two decades. He right. grew up with a guy who's an executive chef. Like he has, he's like a consultant for restaurants now, New York, Atlanta, Philly. So like he basically says, yo, this is the menu. I want you to run this. I want you to do this. I want you to play this, so forth and so on. So I know him through Drake. I know that. But I'm not going to go up to his restaurant being like, yo, I know Daryl, give me a table because Dre put me on. Sometimes these teams, they get this, they get to the big city. You get like Brooklyn, like some sometimes with the Knicks, like some of these L.A. teams. And they think like, oh, we are the highlight here. We could do whatever. And the fans going to stick with it. No, you can't keep making these same mistakes. Like, yo, we Brooklyn. Everybody want to come here. This is New York City. It's a big apple. Yeah, yeah, like, that's cool. But at a certain point, you're going to be back in the pits, back to where it was when you had Paul Pierce and KG and Darren Williams and all these guys past their prime and no one was going to the Barclays Center. And you needed Jay-Z to sit courtside to get people there. And he was like, nah, I'm done with this. And then the <laughs> Russian guy came through and bought the team. He was like, yeah, I'm done with this. This dude like, this dude been through war. Yeah. He was like, I can't deal with this Brooklyn basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like – at a certain point, you have to figure out, do we ride this all the way out? Like I said, I have a conversation with my pops. Like, yo, every team is about championships. I'm like, I don't think so. I think some teams are just about surviving the season. No, some teams are about the bottom line. And Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn makes moves to feel like they're surviving the season. Well, Brooklyn knows that their Clipper status in that city. You know what I'm saying? They know that. You know what I mean? So even people from Brooklyn – grew up with the Knicks all these years. Yeah. So so you're fighting for following in your own territory. So maybe some like, of the J- New Jersey Nets fans like really you know kept yeah you know kept that you know that's not who they want. Because it's not it's not it's Brooklyn like getting to Brooklyn from Jersey is, is like you just 
I think you like to take the Verrazano or something like that or Staten Island or you get over to Brooklyn. It's not it's not a crazy. But that's not what Brooklyn wants. Brooklyn doesn't want Jersey. They got away from that. You know what I'm saying? They want they want what the Knicks have. Yeah, you know, yeah, so so yeah, I think yeah. that Brooklyn is literally like if we could win a playoff series, just one, just win a playoff series, that's a successful year. People are talking about us going into next year. So so no, I don't think that every team looks for championships like obviously you got teams this year like the clippers who are trying to go all in to get a championship but i don't think okc is crying if they don't win the championship this year i'm just just looking at this dunk you you know i think that so, so i think there's something to that but i think that with brooklyn you're Trying to become the Brooklyn Knicks by being the Knicks. They want, Knicks. They want a successful 82-game season. Right. They want to sell out their 41 home games. They want to be relevant because they're a New York team, which it's easy. They are basically, at this point, they are Charlotte North. Right. Like we look at the standings. You got Brooklyn. Well, at least they make the playoffs, though, at least. They're two and a half games back out of the play-in right now. Yeah, so they're 21-33. and 33. And I've always wanted one of these proponents – of firing a season is like firing a coach in season. You kind of promote someone from his staff. His or her yeah, they staff. promoted. Yeah, they uh, just hired Kevin Ollie. Yeah, so it's like you're promoting someone that was also part of the same ineptitude. I know, like the head coach is ultimately the voice, but if the, the team coaching staff was really that like in tune. I don't know if the coach coaches, I know you have to have a certain level of arrogance to succeed in any business, any format, especially in a competitive level. You have to have a certain level of self, you know, resolve and self-assurance to where you can't always let people dictate how you make decisions. But right. if you got people on your staff and you have offensive problems and you can't go to any of them and get that information, then they fire you and then the team goes to that person. It's like, where were you at a week ago? when we had 89 points versus the Wizards. Right, you know, right. where were you two weeks ago when we went 7 for 41 from three? Like, where was your, your great game plan then? But, yeah, you put him in position and you kind of hope. And maybe some guys turn around because I know a coach's attitude can really affect, you know, just like you say anything. It's like changing, changing your job. Like, you're the same person, but you might be more motivated going to a different location, just a different building. Right. Even in your San Carifa, like, I knew Air Force people was like, Sometimes, like, guys didn't like working in the building. Some guys like being on the flight line. And it was like, listen, mm-hmm. I don't like doing this part of the job. I want to go do this part. And you can succeed. Right. But, you know, so with, with Brooklyn, I wish him the best. I mean, this Joe Psy guy probably has plenty of money. He can pay these guys whatever they owed, but in the same sense. Yeah. And don't forget, he was the one that wouldn't trade Kyrie to the Lakers. <laughs> I, you, once, like... Ocean's Eleven, one of my favorite movies. I might actually probably, I might watch tonight. Brad Pitt was teaching Topher Grace and all these little young Hollywood stars like poker. And he's like, what's the first rule of poker? And he was like, leave your emotions at the door. When it comes to a business deal, you got to check your emotions. Because I think the Lakers probably would have sweetened the pot a little bit if he really would have made it. Like, listen, I'll give you Kyrie and maybe Cam Thomas or something. Because, like, they really – people were really feeling him anyway. You know, right. kissing him a throne. But the Lakers could look at it like, you know, we'll get a couple players. Granted, they're small guards. But now, hey, what do you want to do for us? Fatten this pot and let's make this deal happen. 
right. divorce yourself from the from the emotions of it and realize like at some point this guy was going to be gone. He was fed up. Right. And, and, and I get why Brooklyn didn't send him to L.A. I absolutely get it. But you know what I mean? But at the same time, like it was a dumb it's move. not even a threat to you. Sending him to L.A. is no threat to Brooklyn. No, sending him to L.A. is giving him what he wants. Yeah, but what? But he's not going to give you what you need. So me giving you what you want, fine. I'm, well, well it, no, there's background though. You remember all the other stuff that was. No, I'm not saying yeah, that I would he, do and it. He, and they put him. They put all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just saying that with all the other stuff that was going on. But as a business, why do I care about what you do personally? If you want to go somewhere else, if I can you use you why? as a because bargaining chip, then have pride. That's why. Oh, cool. And well, I would have had some picks. Ones. <laughs> I would have had some picks. I would have had some players. I probably would have maybe, I would have gotten maybe Russell Westbrook. Not a, I mean, he's a former MVP, perennial right. all-star, coach on the floor. I'd get something versus just headlines. Like, I don't want to be the NBA's Dallas Cowboys. And I think <laughs> a lot of teams are putting themselves in a position where, like, that's all they are. Right. You're not making any headline moves. You're just making moves to be relevant. And it's like you're playing in one of the most popular businesses and sports in the world. You're going to be relevant if you perform. And if you see, don't perform, you're going to be like the Pistons. And, and even the Pistons made the news. Granted, it was negative. They had like 28 game <laughs> streak. But like I said, Brooklyn to figure it out or always going to sell the team. They're probably worth What's the last sale that we we had in the NBA? That you can recall the Suns. The Suns about, was like four, 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 two, and a half four five. Yeah, four two, four five. Yeah, Brooklyn can go five and a half. Five and a half, five six. Yeah, so. I took a cool five billion dollars and <laughs> released a headache. Right, but yeah. So uh, since you brought up the, ta- the Dallas Cowboys, that's a perfect segue. Ooh. You know, we do us. it on Sports Reports is yeah. It's not by accident. We you know, here. For, for us to talk a little bit of draft, it's a little early, but it's never too early. Let me so tell you the dumbest thing I heard. I'm going to tell you the dumbest thing I heard. I'm going to tell you the it, Mike Tannenbaum, I'm pre, I don't know if, how many people, if you've seen the clip or not. I haven't. He said the Cleveland Cavaliers should trade Deshaun Watson. Oh, you mean the Browns, yeah. In the second round. Oh. God damn, my bad. Because <laughs> they're just as stupid. Um, the Cleveland Browns should trade Deshaun Watson in the second round pick to the Giants for Daniel Jones. Nah. And then, and this this was the explanation. I think it was Bart, because they had them all in boxes. Bart Scott just put his head down, like just shaking his head. He was wearing like a purple print suit. Um like I have to admit, I'm no GM by any means, but that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Well, that's why we—that's why he doesn't have a job. He's working for the <laughs> Jets. You can be—you can be so inadequate and keep your job with the Jets. Look at Robert Sala and Zach Wilson and everybody yeah. else's. Yeah, they had the they offensive six, seven, and defensive rookie of the year last year and didn't make the playoffs. So you can you can you can come up short schematically, mentally, and still keep your job as the Jets, but he couldn't. His rationale for the deal for the Giants was that you get a guy in Deshaun Watson who kept saying he's only 29 years old and he has three years at like 46 million left guaranteed right. on this deal. And he was like, per the current market, 
that's a steal. And they were like, yeah, but he hasn't been good since there weren't fans in the stands in 2020. Hey, to be fair, to be fair, the last three games before he got injured this past season, it looked like he was starting to come back. They guaranteed him $230 million. That was dumb. He had a whole, he had a whole, even if he didn't play games, I know you can't replicate game speed in practice, but guys come back from injuries, suspensions, time off, getting traded, whatever the case may be, and they look like Baker Mayfield went everywhere, and everywhere he looked, the way he looked like the Baker Mayfield, the good Baker Mayfield from Cleveland, no matter where he went. He went to, what was it, three, four uh, different teams. Four Carolina, teams, the Rams. Carolina, the yeah. Rams, and Tampa. then Tampa Bay. Yeah, he he looked like he was ready to go. Uh, you well, you see guys also- transfer in college and like they go from one school to another school and they look the part. Deshaun Watson hasn't looked the part. Also, you just signed Daniel Jones to this big deal and he has a neck injury and an ACL injury. Like Cleveland's already made probably we're looking at it between the Russell Wilson deal and the Deshaun Watson deal as far as what each one of these teams gave up to right. get their this quarterback to come to their second team. It's neck and neck for bad trades. Deshaun <laughs> Watson's bad because his, his whole contract was guaranteed at 230 when no one was going to do it. Like, no one was going to give him a fully guaranteed contract. Wasn't it also the uh, Rich Eisen show where uh, they had somebody on there saying, get rid of Tua to bring in Michael Penix? Uh that Tannenbaum's on ESPN on Get Up. The the Tua the Tua Penix thing is very similar to the Caleb Williams Justin Fields thing mm-hmm. because they're both it in the same boat. It, it it works. It, I look at it like this. I think all four options for both teams work. I think keeping Tua and giving him. You know, negotiating some kind of deal, franchise, whatever the case may be. I think that works for Miami. But I also think if you don't want to do that, you just use like, you know what? I want to see if we can get a young quarterback and then go get another get another tight end. Yeah, let's give up a left-handed a, injured quarterback for a left-handed injured quarterback. <laughs> no, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm thinking optimistically. Everybody can get injured. Everybody can get hurt. Daniel but Jones was have a history of getting injured. Dan, Daniel Jones was an injury prone, and he hurt his neck and his ACL in the same season. Like it, it happens. It sucks. Tom Brady was never injury prone, and he missed a whole year of ACL because he got hit low. It happens. If a guy's not, if he's pulling muscles, pulling hamstrings, and he's like out of shape, and that's why he's getting injured. But if you're getting hit by 300 pound dudes that get hurt, I can't be like, oh, you should. Yeah, not, yeah we don't that. do the soft tissue around here. Yeah, yeah, we're we not doing that no more. No more shots. Uh, so, but if you look at if you if you don't do that and you take Penix, you reset your your cap. You can go out and maybe say, hey, Chris Jones, we'll give you 35 million dollars a year for three years. You you can you can you can say, hey. Von Miller, you got another couple of years, and you whatever the case, whatever move you feel you need to make uh-huh. to bolster your defense and then run the same offense because you got a left-handed guy in there. It's kind of frail, same concept, just younger, maybe a little bigger. So it's the same thing with Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. You can keep Justin Fields and run it back, or you move Justin, 
and then you bring Caleb Williams in, you reset your 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 price point, and then you go out and maybe you call Chris Jones or you call one of these top defensive linemen that are out there available. Hell, maybe, keep Dylan Johnson, who's a free agent right now. You know, maybe you you get you know you got a guy like Calais Campbell. Yeah, maybe you get him to come back for a 17 year, but you can pay him a little bit. I know it's not like a, a trendy pick, but maybe you get Odell to come to come there because you could pay him a little. You know, like I'm just talking about because I don't you know like the list Michael of Thomas. <laughs> I mean, like, but you have that because you now you're resetting the QB market because not as if the current QB you had is so solidified in this spot that they can't be replaced. So, but like I said, the Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson thing didn't make any sense. I don't foresee. So we got the first three picks. So we got Caleb Williams. So you got Chicago, Washington, Washington, New England. New England. Yeah. And then Arizona's at four. I saw something that made a lot of sense. I think it was Dan Graziano. And he said, if you grade it, if you got Caleb Williams at a 70 grade, whatever scale you're using, you got him at a 70. And you're watching that too. But Drake Mays is 64. And then Jalen Daniels is 63. And then Pennis is a 62. It's like, why try to move heaven and earth to get up to one to Chicago just to get Caleb Williams? Where if you miss on Caleb Williams, like, yeah, I still got Drake Mays right there. Yeah. I got options. So I think Chicago is going to be in a situation where either if they're smart, they'll take a reasonable roster building deal for Justin Fields. A couple of second round picks, maybe a third from a team like Atlanta, or you maybe ship them to the AFC, maybe a team like me think who who who, who? you would no. have to take you would have to take Russ. The Raiders. The Raiders know, are probably gonna part ways with well, I know that they want Jaden. Well, I know they're interested in Jaden Daniels, you know, due to his relationship with Antonio Pierce. Yeah, but you get Justin Fields at 6'4, 220, probably about 12, 15 pounds heavier than two twenty like two twenty thirty. I think he was like he came out six four, six three and a half, six four, two thirty. You bring him in to Las Vegas, but like I said, Chicago's gonna have to be willing to take a couple of twos and a three because right. I think teams I don't know if teams are desperate enough to go hard for Justin Fields with number one pick, considering that they know Chicago has to move them. Well, that's and what I was thinking about. There's a bunch of teams like once you get to Atlanta, you know, at uh Let's see. Are they eight or nine? They're eight. Atlanta's at eight, yeah. Yeah, they're at eight. You got uh, Minnesota at 11, Denver at 12, and Las Vegas at 13. So I would think one, if not a few, two of those teams would try to call New England to see if New England is interested in moving down. But New England needs a QB. They need a – they might not want – I mean – you got McCorkle, you know, he's got no weapons. So do you go Marvin Harrison there? You could. And run it back with McCorkle? You could. What's your OC? Who the, what OC did they bring back? They went, They brought in Alex Van Pelt from Cleveland. 
They run the ball heavy there. They got Ramonde Stevenson and Zeke. Which is pretty yeah, pretty. I don't think either one of those are real difference makers. Uh I mean if I was I, New England, I would pick a quarterback if I were New England, but 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 I would just say that I would well it depends because you gotta you, the, the thing is no, you know you gotta see if, what if Atlanta do. calls New England. I think if I'm New England and Atlanta calls, right. I take that deal because I look at it like this. If Atlanta gives me eight and a first next year, and like give me eight, a second this year, and a first next year, right? And I they go from eight to three. And they take whatever quarterback doesn't get picked first. There's or still a quarterback there for you. If There's still doing. a guy for me at eight. If yeah, cause, yeah, because if you look at it, like if you look at it, you know you got uh, Chargers at five, not taking a quarterback. Not Giants at TV. six. I doubt they Just take a quarterback. Their guy has three years left on one sixty. You know you got Tennessee at seven, who got Levis. And they just drafted, they've been drafting quarterbacks like it's fantasy football. So unless that second team that I was talking about, like whether it's Denver, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's Minnesota, unless one of those two teams move up. Yeah, but even if you're if you're New England, if you're New England and I get I get Atlanta's first next year. It was like second this year, first and second next year. And maybe they make you throw in a third or a fifth or something like that. And you're down to eight. And you don't have a quarterback there. Then you get the best player for whatever scheme you want to really. Right. And you could always trade back again, too. Yeah. So, like, if you. Like, if you like J.J. McCarthy or something. Yeah. If if you. you, No. If you you like. like, say you like J.J. McCarthy, right, but you don't like Penix, and Penix slips, and Denver jumps up, and they get J.J. at seven. You can just get Dallas Turner from Alabama at eight uh-huh. and just say, oh, you know what, we're going to go all in on defense because you have to have multiple plans going in. Right. Because right. if you think about if you think about the successful teams, if you just look at this Super Bowl, you had Patrick Mahomes as a top-flight quarterback, and it was like this is one. this is the first year in a – I don't know if ever or for a substantial time that the a team that has a quarterback that's eaten up like 30% of the cap, excuse me, actually wins the Super Bowl mm-hmm. with Mahomes. But he almost didn't win it to a guy that's probably getting a million two. Mm-hmm. And they have four first rounders on their defensive line between Chase Young, Gregory, Armstead, and Bosa. You know, so like they have – like that top talent because they're not paying the quarterback. Right. So you can look at New England can look at it that way. Like, well, we'll just build our team to look like San Francisco East to where we just get as many defensive, you know, playmakers as we can in game. Yeah. And they got some people they need to bring back like Kyle Duggars. So, you know, um, defense may be the way to go. Cause I mean, I know Bill Belichick, there were there were talks about him wanting to get rid of Mac Jones last year before the season started. We talked about that on here, you know. So I don't know how safe he is with a Belichick disciple in there. I I haven't heard much about where he could go or would go, but I imagine that 
Garoppolo's available. Yeah, he just got cut. Yep. Or he's supposed to get cut at least. He, yeah, at the thing after the suspension or at like some some kind of way he can he can get yeah. cut. Getting fired on his day off. I can see a Belichick disciple bringing him in. I don't know why. I don't know what I don't know what film you have that says I want to do this. Um, they better not, not get a quarterback. <laughs> not getting a quarterback. Jacksonville's not getting a quarterback. Cincinnati's not getting a quarterback. The Rams, I could see Rams potentially getting a potentially getting a McCarthy if he's still there, just as a backup to Stafford. Well, what about, I don't know why you would do that. If, I could if, see Seattle maybe taking a quarterback. Not in the first round. You know, Geno's in that second year of that three-year deal. But yeah, like they they have like one of the best young secondaries. Uh-huh. Back-to-back years with these guys that were rookies and now second-year guys, I think they might be. They might be one of those teams that's like, you know what? Let's see if we can get like a, a good edge rusher, a linebacker, or something like that. Because most teams aren't that far away, and I don't believe any team is simply a quarterback away. Right. I yeah, none of the teams that need quarterbacks are right there. Are, like you can make an argument. You can make an argument that Atlanta has talent. You can make an argument that provided that they bring Justin Jefferson back, you know, like Minnesota. Atlanta is a good quarterback away from winning their division. They are Ryan Tannehill away from winning their division. Right, right. Like a guy who can just – or a healthy Kirk Cousins. I don't know if they are rookie quarterbacks, especially at eight. No, 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 no. At – if they could get to two, and I don't think I, I can't foresee Washington moving out of two. No, best I case scenario, you can get to three. Uh, and I mean, some somebody might be able to strike luck with Arizona, you know, because or, or maybe Arizona's like they get fancy feet. Atlanta moves from eight to four, and they get Marvin Harrison Jr. and you well, pair well, him with Cal Pitts, Bijan. Well, that's what I was going to say, but even, yeah, even if they, you're if and I can get anybody here, veteran-wise, to throw to those, throw to that core. Yeah, even you know, if you're Arizona, like even if you're Arizona and you don't get Marvin Harrison Jr., you know there's still Roma Dunze out there. Yeah, Roma Dunze. You know there's still Malik Neighbors, Neighbors out there. So you're fine if you don't get Marvin. I mean, obviously, if he's your guy, if he's Atlanta calls, if Atlanta calls Arizona and they want to move from eight to four, and they're gonna give you a first next year, a second this year, and a second next year. You, yeah, you gotta you take, take it. That. Yeah, you gotta. And take then it. Atlanta, Atlanta get there. Like, yo, I'll take if you could get the four and get Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Falcons. I'm low key, low key good with bringing in. I don't want to say a Garoppolo. I'm trying. I'm trying to give me a name that's like. Well, I know Tannehill is trying to squeeze, squeeze Jameis out of New Orleans. Like a, a confident, big arm guy. You got him big targets. You see what he did with God. Got his laser and, surgery like, in his eyes. Uh, people, people follow him. Sometimes, you know, certain occasions, every once in a while, might be off a cliff, but you bounce back from things like that. Right. I think there's there's guys. I know. I know. I think Jake Browning is a guy that I think teams might look at. I don't know what the Cincinnati contract situation looking like, but I think he, I think he looked the part go, coming down the stretch last year for Cincinnati. Uh, 
Kirk Cousins. I don't know what that Achilles uh, rehab is looking like because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they was all talking about he was going to play by Christmas. It's like no one does that. <laughs> well, luckily, Kirk Cousins isn't a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. Yeah, everybody need Achilles. No, but I like, know, but I'm, but I'm just saying he's not dependent on his legs in that way, at least. Yo, he need to get out of the way because he, he's not that mobile. So he needs step, he needs bro. he needs every bit of mobility. You see, you see that thing Dak was hit. doing? All the guys are doing that now. Uh, but he needs every bit of mobility to get out of the way. But like, I don't know what Denver. I, like, I know it sometimes it feels like you're playing fantasy football, but it's like Denver seems like the type that would like Bo Nix. <sighs> Sounds, but I think, but I think you can get him later. On. But I think you can get him later. I like I. I'm looking at it like this. I think the last few years we've all had this conversation about the draft. You and I had it before we even had this great show that we've been blessed to 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 work on for over a year. Chicago's in a position to really make that early noise and get like sustainable pieces i just don't know like we talked about it leave your emotions at the door right if you get a low ball offer from cincinnati don't don't blow them off milk it a little bit because you got time you got one and you got nine so if they call you with a deal trying to get but i know they're not going to do it but you got a team like say the charges want to get to one just hypothetically don't just be like, nah, we good. Play, play, play it against people. Like, listen, can't give you one, but what you trying to do about this nine? <laughs> we got nine for you, or you like, I don't know. I just, I think they're in a position where I think they have pieces to move. The Justin Fields piece is going to be huge because the whole, I think, the narrative surrounding him is that Chicago didn't deploy him properly. Right. So if you get a guy like, I don't know if you go see Sean Payton, you got to go straight up for him and Russ. Like they not making that deal unless they, unless Denver can move Russ. Right. To Minnesota. Minnesota puts, you know, cousins on the pup list. And then when he comes back, they move him. And then Chicago, like you would need a lot of dominoes to fall into place. But I think Chicago is in a position to where they might be able to do what Houston did. You get your quarterback, you move some pieces, you get your next top rookie. You might be able to get back to maybe Arizona unless you get back to four. And then you get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. That's what I thought the original plan was going to be once they got they the winning. Drafted. No, no, I know, I know. No, but if, you, they if they didn't, if they would have, like, they won, they won a game against Atlanta. Yeah. If they, they won two games after you and I had this conversation, like one of our conversations, they won like two out of three games. I'm like, they would, if they would have been sitting at five and 12 with the Chargers, now they're at six. Arizona, maybe they still yeah, take Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, the Chargers are still there. I would think they go defense because I imagine that they're going to have to cut some defense to get back, like in the cap. Brock Bowers was my uh, the room I heard to get the that's, tight end. That's high, the hard for tight end, end. unless you really believe he's going to be that guy. 
Cal Pitts might have like swayed people, but it was the same narrative with uh Cal with you know Megatron. Detroit was in that spot and they drafted Carlos Rogers and I think Roy Williams and somebody else and it wasn't yeah. successful. And I remember Mel Kuyper said it might have been Mel Kuyper, I could be wrong. He was like, maybe it was Jaworski. He was like, that has nothing to do. Those guys you drafted at two and three these previous years has nothing to do with that guy who was six foot five, two hundred thirty five pounds that's right. sitting in the green room right now. If you can take him, you take him. You don't worry about the mistakes you made in the past. You take that guy. Right. Yeah, I love these. I love these scenarios. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who is going to do it the worst. I'm trying to figure out like what could be the craziest thing that would happen. Like like something I'm, like something like Kansas City trying to move up to get a Dunze or something like that. Kansas City at 32 would have to get the probably if it all pans out, we if we go like this, I'm looking at the draft right now. We got Chicago quarterback. Washington quarterback, New England quarterback, Arizona wide receiver, Lover Harrison Jr. Chargers take a tight end. Giants wide receiver, offensive lineman. I would go lineman. Um, Seems like a conservative Mara kind of move. Because I, I feel like, you know, like the Giants need a receiver that is proven. Like they got Jalen Hyatt last, Jalen Hyatt last year. You know, they still got Slayton. So I think you need that vet right now, like to solidify your receiving core. So I would go lineman and then get a uh, receiver later. Like, you know, um, Tennessee. Tennessee probably goes lineman as well to protect Levis. Atlanta, uh, no moves are made. I'm going to say they go edge of some kind. Dallas Turner, maybe. Dallas Turner, maybe. Uh, depends on how they feel. Because, they, like I said, they passed on Jalen Carter last year. So, yeah. I don't know if they have a different scale that they're looking at. Maybe they, they don't got a new guy. coach now. They got a new coach who's, you know, who's the old yeah. coach. Chicago goes. Wide receiver. Maybe they get neighbors like, there. Chicago goes neighbors or Doomsday. The Jets. Who Aaron knows? Rogers coming back. You Kicker. <laughs> maybe Minnesota. maybe yeah i can see the jets going like brian flores state of minnesota dc yeah i say they go defense denver i don't think mccarthy or Penix is appealing to sean payton right there because i think he wants to get rid of russ Get assets and then still bring in a, a, a adequate QB. Right. Then you got the Raiders, who are probably Raiders, going to quarterback if they're still there. Quarterback? I don't know if they go quarterback. I think yeah, Antonio Pierce goes veteran. If they don't trade up, if they don't trade up, you know, like I said, it depends on what happens. Obviously, prior to that, he yeah. he recruited Jalen Daniels, so he has the relationship the way that Clingsbury has the relationship with Caleb Williams. You got that. He's going to have to get to three. You know, um, you also well, we know there's always a quarterback that we expect to go high that drops. And the, okay, in the recent years, we expected that because all the quarterbacks that were getting drafted, none of them were. Uh, 
I'm trying to find a good because I don't I don't, don't want to dismiss like franchise quarterbacks basically like they, they, they weren't, weren't they, they weren't they weren't college franchise guys like Desmond Ritter was a good quarterback but he wasn't breaking records at Cincinnati he just right. was effective he wasn't he didn't cost them games he was an effective heady guy I think he's older he was married mature so I think he just kind of he spent time studying film because he was like married with a kid on the way for the last couple of years he was in school. And he just, I think that just made him better in that, in that environment at that level. Right. Uh, what's the boy name out of Liberty that went to. Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah. He was being touted as the next, whatever guy that people are sleeping on. Right. And then Kenny Pickett was like the homegrown guy in pit. So they were selling us like a bag of goods on those three guys. Right. Whereas Drake may big body. He's been the consistent number one, a number two overall pick for the last couple of years. Caleb Williams won the Heisman. And then he came back and essentially had the same numbers. So the USC's defense was terrible. And then Jane Daniels just won the Heisman. So those three guys are blue. You still got Penix. Yeah. And then you got Penix who kind of came out of nowhere Coupled with the, then you got Bo Nix who made the transfer, and then Oregon was just, you know, a powerhouse. They just ran up against Penix. So I think these four or five guys, McCarthy won a national championship, only lost one game in Michigan. So these guys, you don't need to sell them as much. So I don't know if anybody's going to reach in the first round. I think if they land to you, they come to you. But if you want Jaden Daniels, you got to get the three. Mm, okay. Yeah, you can't sit around at 13 and hope he drops because. The video of the people, the the video of his former teammates shitting on him at his locker, that in and of itself shows his maturity. Because he didn't, as far as the video we saw, all he did was continue to pack his stuff up. Right. With the LSU, SEC, where, you know, where football matters more, and then won a Heisman, 50 touchdowns and four interceptions. Drake May had 33 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess you're hoping that Drake May can be Justin Herbert if you draft him. Really, honestly, you hope it's Trevor Lawrence. Like not the not the hype of Trevor Lawrence, but what Trevor Lawrence does for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. If you can get that out of Drake May, it's just the Dan Quinn element is going to be tough. That's that's gonna be tough unless he unless he knows I'm a defensive guy. I'm gonna go hands off. I'm gonna let you guys stack this offense. Just get me these type of bodies. For right. Defense. Get me the lob because that's what he did in Atlanta. All he did in Atlanta was give me like give me lob point two point Give me a couple of linebackers. And he's like, we'll make it work. I'll teach them the scheme. They'll figure everything else out. Right, and then offensively they went got Sanu, Shanahan, Matt Ryan MVP numbers. Give me two running backs. All like they had uh, was the boy named Austin Hooper. Offense was stacked. wasn't a lot of names on defense. Bunch of young guys, but like yo, Mm -hmm. give me these guys that look like let me coach them up. Let me show them nothing but Seattle film. Yeah, and they played like they were watching Seattle film. Yeah. So yeah, I'm interested. I'm here for it. I wish the draft was coming up sooner. I, you know, like it's still two months away. 
Oh no, I need, to hear, I need to hear more ridiculousness. You know, like yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. Like I, you know, like I could see something going down. I mean, it always does, but you know, I need some leaked from a camp. But Chicago, like you said, Chicago holds it in their hands, and then if Chicago stays status quo, then it's up to Arizona, you know, to make a move or not. You know, unless New England surprises us. So, yeah, I'm ready for the NFL draft. You know, saying I'm ready for more Doc Rivers complaining. You know, I'm I'm ready for, you know, NBA players to not load manage for the rest of the season since we're like under 30 games left. So, you know, baseball's coming up soon. You know, we're going to have to start. a bunch of guys that played 20 out of 30. We're going we're gonna to have to start previewing and talking about how Mike Trout ain't going to make the playoffs again. You know, saying 2024 is here, y'all. I guess Otani's not pitching in LA. I heard that. Yeah, he well, he's coming off that injury too. Um, I know he's gonna miss the first uh the first spring training game or whatever as well. So we'll see what happens, you know. But we'll get into that time of year, you know. The NBA playoffs are gonna be here soon. It's gonna be time for some hockey playoffs, and then before you could blink, you're gonna hear me up here talking about who's gonna make the 12 team playoff. So <laughs> 2024 is here, and don't it's forget, here. don't forget, the madness is here. <laughs> Sports reports is ordered. Order. Two five, Mr. Logical. We love you. We'll be back on Thursday. Hold it down. Don't let Doc Rivers bullshit you. <laughs> Good night, Grandma. Peace.